Welcome to episode four of the Care Deeply podcast. I'm your host, Yolan Morris. Today, I'm chatting with Elizabeth Eiffel. She's an integrative nutrition health coach, personal trainer, wife, and mom. She's the founder of the Glow Remedy School, a subscription-based membership aimed at keeping you motivated in your health and wellness journey throughout the year. She is passionate about women and helping them become the healthiest versions of themselves, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so happy to have you here with us. Can you tell us um, who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am Elizabeth Eiffel. I am a personal trainer and a women's health and wellness coach. That's awesome. I think especially during this time, you know, where so many of us are quarantined and we're at home, um, health and wellness is critical to us getting through this quarantine. So can you tell us, um, you know, what what are some of the services and what are some of the things that you do as a health coach and um, especially with women? So I work with women um, to discover like what it is that's holding them back from attaining their health and wellness goals. So a lot of people reach out to me for weight loss, um, but I think that the core of what they're looking for is um, placing like value and worth on themselves. And a lot of the times we, as women, look for that in our appearance. So what I work through is um, setting realistic, practical goals that you can be successful at um, in the areas of fitness, nutrition, and self-care. And just getting down to the root of um, why you're having a difficult time reaching those goals. And then also me helping you guide yourself along the path that you're looking for so um like for some people we might set a goal of like drinking more water you know other people yeah for other people it might be um like a little more technical like okay you know you've been trying xyz diet for six months and it's not working like let's look at your your nutrition so um, because I am certified as a personal trainer and a health coach, I can give more um, detailed recommendations as far as exercise and nutrition. Um, but the self-care always seems to be like the missing link for women. Agreed. And what led you down this path? How did you get started um, as a health coach? What made you decide that this was going to be your career journey or your calling? So, um, I had been experimenting with diets for a long time, um, mostly because I, um, had like a really bad breakout right after college. Like I just had horrible acne, um, and just out of nowhere. And so I was experimenting with diets and I was vegan for a little bit and then I went on a raw food diet. And then I got into working out and I got into bodybuilding. And so then I was on the total opposite end of the spectrum and eating a lot of protein. And so I knew that I wanted to do something in nutrition. And so I was looking into um, 
going back to school to become a registered dietitian. And then I found this health coaching school, um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I really liked that they emphasized self-care. And so um, I decided to enroll in that program. I did that while I was working as a personal trainer. And um, I just found that in the fitness world and the bodybuilding world that I had been in, there was no sense of um, self-care at all. And then in the nutrition world, there was no emphasis on exercise. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just seems so natural that they would go hand in hand. And so when I started my own practice, I knew that I wanted to integrate all of those things together because I don't think that one works without the other. And um, in my own healing journey with dieting and exercise and things like that, I had been all over the place with different diets and over-exercising and things like that. And um, the only time that I found peace with my body was when I really like gave it all to God. And so I wanted to give other women that peace within their bodies um, and give them the tools to do that. So I don't work exclusively with Christian women, but when I do, it's such a treat because we get to add that in. Um, but for women who aren't believers, I do think that I get to minister to them um, through my coaching and encourage them to find their worth and their value outside of um, their physical appearance. That's so that's so awesome. And I think because many women, including myself, sometimes we struggle with our our body image because the images that we see on TV and in front of us, even in churches, to be yeah. honest, yeah. it's always of someone who, you know, it's a wife who has a lot of kids, but yeah. she snapped back really right. quickly, right? Yeah. It's held up as the model of femininity and yeah. and what good looks like and what we should all aspire to, mm-hmm. which can cause so much damage to self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. And the wellness industry is guilty of that as well. You know, I find that when, if you like Google wellness or you search on Instagram, like the hashtag wellness, it's typically like a white woman doing yoga, drinking green juice. (laughs) And I'm like, who does that though? You know, like I know that some people do that, but like, I think that wellness is not one race you know it's it's not one type of exercise like not everyone likes yoga and that's okay not everyone likes to go to the gym and that's okay not everyone's a runner um and green juice is good for you but it's not the only thing that you should be eating you know like there's ways to be well and whole that don't have to fit into a box you know like my dietary needs are going to be different from yours one because we have different body types two because I just had a baby um you know so there's so much that goes into our activity levels are probably different um and I think that when you try to box women in to whatever this wellness box is you're missing out on a lot of people finding true wellness because their bodies need more or less of something else or they need more variety they need different things their schedules don't allow for um 
you know, waking up at 6 a.m. every day and exercising. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, this was a couple of years ago, um, you know, I had a conversation with you when I was going through my vegan journey. Yeah. You were, you know, (laughs) the person that was like, basically like, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Because I just wanted to be healthy and I knew that something was happening in my body, um, you know, with with the things that I was eating and I thought like cutting out meat and cutting yeah. out dairy was the answer mm-hmm. but then my weight ballooned yeah. Right? yeah and you know just from eating so many carbs right you kind of coached me through that a little bit yeah yeah I think like you know I was a vegan back before being vegan was really popular this was like 2007 2008 I started being a vegan and I ate that way up until I think 2012 and um I loved it at first like I felt amazing I had so much energy I felt like my skin was so clear um and then after a while like when I started weightlifting my body was just craving more protein and I found that plant-based proteins weren't giving me what I needed and I also just didn't feel well I felt like I was too skinny Um, my energy levels were low and so I think that that's another thing about creating awareness in your body about when it's time to to reassess and switch things up because something might work for a few years and then it doesn't work anymore you know and I think that's another thing like veganism became really trendy recently so a lot of people are trying to eat vegan and so even if it's not what their body is requesting they're sticking to it because they feel like they have to because they're labeling themselves as vegan and so I think one thing that's cool is this plant-based movement people are like oh I'm (laughs) plant-based and um you know I think it frees people up a bit from the veganism because essentially you're just eating more vegetables than you were before and that's always a good thing but you're allowing yourself the flexibility to include animal proteins on occasion and I think that um you know it's good it's just a good way to honor your body and pay attention to what your body actually needs and is telling you that it needs absolutely I am I am now consider myself a plant-based pescatarian. I love it. That's my new label because <laughs> I eat fish, but I also, um, you know, I realized that dairy was not doing any justice to my body. Yeah. So I was able to do plant-based, but then also add in the protein that it was desperately craving. Yeah, yeah. And our bodies are funny. Like, you know, things change so rapidly and depending on what's going on and women's bodies especially are so sensitive to our hormones so when I was pregnant I couldn't eat meat at all it just I would throw up every time I ate it and um, so I was getting a lot of my protein from plant sources or eggs or dairy Um, and then after I had the baby I was fine eating meat and I like wanted meat like twice a day so it's You know, it's really interesting how our bodies can change so drastically. And I think right now with um, everyone being quarantined, that our hormones are changing because we're stressed out, you know, like we're not in our normal routine. We're probably not as active as we normally are. And so our nutrient needs might change. And so being able to honor that and not feel guilt or shame about eating something 
that you may normally not eat is important right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for a while that I was working out with um, a male trainer, mm-hmm. but I found that I think when men, when you're working out with a male trainer, nothing against male trainers, but it's just a different expectation because men, I found, lose weight like so quickly. Yeah. And maybe it's because of our hormones as women yeah. that it's just, I wasn't losing the weight like his male clients did and yeah. it was like frustrating for me because it's like here's what you promised and yeah. that's happening with my body yeah I think that's one mistake as a personal trainer you should never make a promise <laughs> um because you don't know how someone's body is going to respond and also you know you're training once twice maybe three times a week so you're spending one to three hours max with this person and spending a lot more hours by yourself and I'm not going to hold myself responsible as a trainer for the decisions that you're making when you're not with me I never make promises (laughs) Um, but in addition to that there are male trainers who are aware that women's bodies respond differently Um, I think it just depends on who you're working with. I know my husband is a personal trainer and he, he was pretty aware before me, but I think now living with me, seeing how my body changes so drastically um, and um, also just like learning a lot from me. And, you know, whenever I read something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to tell him all about it. Um, so he's very aware and he has a lot of female clients um, and he's always telling them like, you know like have grace with yourself be patient with yourself um so yeah there are men that are more aware but I think you know it just depends and that's a good question to ask if you're looking for a trainer um asking them like what is your philosophy on weight loss for women do you think it's different than men and if they say no you should just run away and find someone else (laughs) run away away. (laughs) So you, um, you started a school for, yes, it's a virtual school. And the funny thing is that I started it before we were all quarantined. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I was trying to figure out, I hadn't gone back to work full time since having my daughter and I knew that I wanted to cut back on the training because it takes me away from her. Um, you know, I have to travel to my client. We train for an hour and I have to travel back. And so um, I just wanted to be able to be with her as much as possible. I wasn't really ready to um, have like a babysitter or anything. So um, I had to figure out a way that I could train while my husband was able to be home. And um, it was just really getting complicated and my health coaching practice is something that has been my passion and been something that I wanted to be my full-time career anyway and so Xavier my husband was like this is the perfect opportunity for you to just focus on your business and not think about training I was like okay so I was trying to think of ways that I could um make my training more available to more people and so one-on-one training is great I love it um it's really intensive but it's expensive and because we're meeting one-on-one like a few times a week so it's almost like the same as personal training um the only difference is I can meet my clients at home because I'm I do them virtually but um I was trying to think of a way that 
I could work with more women and interact with more women, but they would still see the same results. So um, Xavier actually came up with the idea of making it like a school where um, clients could sign up, they could participate for a year, or they could just try it out monthly. Um, and they would get to interact with other women who are in the group. So that's how it's set up each month. There is new content that comes out. It's set up kind of like a school in that you have assignments, um, but it's all self-paced. So we have three subjects each month. Um, I give you a lot of content on those things, and then I give you assignments that I want you to do on your own, and then you share them with the other women in the group. And um, it's all via like um, a chat app. And um, yeah, it's cool because I obviously had no idea that we were all going to be at home quarantine. Um, <laughs> and so I spent like three months putting this program together and I launched it the week before um, pretty much everything got closed down. Wow. And um, it hasn't had a huge um, intake yet. I think people are just kind of nervous right now. Um, but I have just left everything up and um, I know that God made me create this program for somebody. And so um, I think it's going to be awesome. And I think it's going to be a great way for women to find healing and find community in this time and find ways to um, really work on healing themselves on a deep spiritual level and something that's lasting unlike a diet program where you know you get results quickly and then you lose them immediately like this isn't about getting your summer body this is about falling in love with your body and taking care of it because you love it and it's something that becomes effortless that's what I need <laughs> like so many women you know I think I've done um you know to try to lose weight just dieting mm -hmm. and like exercising every day yeah. and you know it works but then you revert back to yeah. you know suddenly it's a stressful week at work mm -hmm. and then it's like oh I'm just grabbing junk right eating yeah right? so my eating habits are off and then it's like oh all those gains are gone yeah yeah so how can you sustain over time so there's a few things. One is setting realistic goals. So if your goal is to lose 10 pounds by next week, um, that's unrealistic. <laughs> I mean, some people can do it. You know, you starve yourself and you overexercise. Um, but the problem is that when you lose weight so quickly like that, um, your metabolism doesn't have time to catch up. And so what happens is your metabolism is still set at that higher weight. And so when you go back to eating how you used to eat, or maybe even like you said, you have a bad week and you grab junk food, your metabolism is like, oh my gosh, I need this because she's been starving me for the past like week. And so it holds on to everything as fat instead of burning it. Whereas if you lose weight slowly, like one to two pounds a week, I really err on the side of like one pound a week. Um, your metabolism has time to adjust. And so if you have a bad day and you grab junk food, but you've been losing a pound a week, you're not going to see that junk food. It's just going to go right through your body. It's going to like use it for energy. 
and be gone with it. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand about metabolism is like, the more you mess with your body, the harder it's going to be to keep weight off. So slow and steady really does win the race. Um, And the other thing is stress hormone. You have to keep your body out of that fight or flight state. Um, Cortisol is our stress hormone. And when cortisol levels are high, our body tends to hold on to body fat, especially in your stomach. So keeping your stress levels low, which is where self-care comes in, Um, making sure that you are taking time throughout the day to take breaks, go for a walk, get some fresh air, drink water, um, get some exercise. All of those things will lower your cortisol levels, which will keep your blood sugar steady and keep you from gaining more and more weight. Wow, that's awesome. That's great advice that I think that we need, especially now where so many of us are home mm-hmm. and binging. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the first things I thought about when um, we were all told to quarantine. I remember when I was bodybuilding, I would be on such a calorie deficit. Like my diet was so strict, and um, I would have to do so much cardio to get in stage lean shape and when I would complete a show and go back to my normal diet which was a healthy diet um, my metabolism was so slow that I would just be starving and so I would binge eat every night like I remember just eating so much I remember like I would like sneak my roommate's food when she wasn't home and then I would buy it and replace it because I was so embarrassed And it was just bad. And I remember like I would be afraid to be home by myself because I didn't trust myself that I wouldn't be able to stop eating. Like I ate almost an entire jar of peanut butter one night and um, I would get sick. Like I would start sweating, like my temperature would raise and, and I was just completely terrified to be home alone. Like I would try to only be home if my roommate was home. And I wouldn't keep room in my bedroom, keep food in my bedroom. And I was thinking like, wow, for a lot of people right now, being home is really scary because you're not only binge eating because maybe you don't eat much day to day, but now you're doing it out of stress as well. And so um, I was just like, my heart really went out for people like that because I've been there and I know how hard it is and it took me a long time to overcome that and to get to a place where I was like okay my body is not trying to sabotage me like I just need to take better care of it I'm overeating because I'm typically under eating you know and so finding that balance and it took me about a year to really like get to a place where I had a healthy diet I had I stopped bodybuilding um because I just knew it was too much up and down. My hormones were a mess. Um, and it just, I wasn't, I wasn't stewarding what God had given me and taking care of my body in a way that was honoring it. Um, and yeah, binge eating is, is a really tough thing to overcome, but it, it is possible. It is definitely possible. And I think hearing that story and, you being so transparent will help so many women. Yeah. Yeah. I think just 
like us sharing our stories, like women sharing their stories with other women is so healing. And I have always found that like when I hear someone's story who relates to mine in any way, I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. (laughs) Okay, I can do this. And so that's something I've always worked on is trying to be really transparent about my story and what I've gone through um, in hopes that someone else finds healing through that. Absolutely, because I think that sometimes the lies that we believe as women is that, for example, um, the lie could be that this is something that happened in my family like I'm overweight because my mom was overweight or the women in my family are overweight yeah yeah and so then you think that now you're the victim because this is something that a generational curse or something that happened to you and that you have no power over yeah yeah that and I think um what your definition of beauty or health is you know that could be another lie And that could also come from family. Like maybe I've heard a lot of my clients say that, um, you know, their mothers were always dieting, trying to be thinner. And so it put in their head that they needed to look that way to also be thin, even if their mom never directly said that to them. And um, so that's something I'm always thinking about now as a mom to a daughter, like what image am I giving her of her body you know she's only six months old right now but I think like starting early is important um I'm really fortunate that I don't think my mom ever went on a diet I never saw her talk about her body in a negative way and um so I think that helped me I I don't remember even having any thoughts about my body being good or bad until I was older like in high school or something and I would hear my friends making comments and so I think you know as women like we have we have so much to talk about like so many better things to talk about than what's wrong with our body you know and so I think um spending time with our girlfriends and talking about our dreams is way cooler than talking about how you can't lose 10 pounds and what diet you're trying and what exercise class you went to. That's so true. And now you are the mother of um, a little girl. Yeah. Tell me, what are some things that, you know, you are, even at this young age, um, that you aspire to raise her to believe about herself and even just even as a as a baby, some of the things that you're maybe even feeding her or, or training up training her up in the right ways train up a child yeah well um Xavier and I both just think it's really important to always affirm her so we're always telling her that she's pretty that she's smart that she's strong and um you know even at well she's almost seven months but she has so much personality already and she's very um active very very active and our doctor always makes a comment about that she's like you know this is from both of you because you're both active and so she's like very very advanced physically and um she loves watching basketball and football with Xavier and so I think like one of our things is we don't want her to grow up thinking that 
she has to fit into a box of what society tells her she should be. Um, And that even goes into race. You know, I'm white, my husband is black, um, and he's also half Bayesian. And so people ask us, like, well, what are you going to tell her about her race? Like, don't you think she's going to think that, um, or like identify that her family is different? And we're like, no, she's a child of God first. And then she's our daughter second. And that stuff doesn't really, like, we hope that by the time that she's in school, um, it's just not, it's a non-issue, you know, that she doesn't have to identify herself as white or black or um, that she just knows that she's Phoebe and she's a child of God and she's special and she's smart and she's beautiful. Um, And as far as nutrition, um, we eat really well at home. We make all of our own food. And um, with the quarantine, we've been eating a lot more frozen food just to avoid having to go to the grocery store (laughs) as often as we normally would. Um, But we just started introducing solids at six months. So she's only had like three foods so far. Um, But something I learned from a pediatric nutritionist that I follow on Instagram was um, to not um, encourage when the baby takes a bite or discourage when they don't take a bite. So making comments like, ooh, that's yummy when you give them a bite is kind of telling them like, keep eating, even though she might not be hungry anymore. So that was like reading that I was like oh my gosh like every time she takes a bite I say like yum ooh, good job but I'm affirming her to keep eating even though she might be finished and so what they said was talk about the food so ooh, it's green it's creamy um, it's slimy it's crunchy whatever like describe the food to her while she's eating it instead of telling her that she did a good job or that it's yummy because she needs to learn to make her own decisions about food and what she likes and doesn't like and when she's done and when she's not done. And I think that's even a big thing for adults. Like most of us don't know when we've eaten enough. You know, we just eat whatever's on our plate. But at some point as a child, we knew when we were full or when we were hungry, you know? No, absolutely. And then if you were raised in a Caribbean household like I was, it's like, no, you're going to eat until all the food is done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Xavier's grandma, her, his Bayesian grandma, um, she was kind of their caretaker. Um, so, because his, both of his parents were working full time. And um, he said, she always tells me that. Xavier went through a phase where he wouldn't eat and she would chase him around the house with food. (laughs) And she would be like, eat it. And he was like, no. (laughs) Um, Which is funny because he eats a lot now. But now. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's funny. So you talk a lot about Xavier and, you know, you mentioned that he's also a trainer. Can you tell us, we love a good love story. Tell us how you guys met and, um, you know, just how even your relationship works right now. Yeah. Um, so we met um, working at the same gym. Um, he had been there for almost a year when I got hired. And uh, one of my first days there, our manager asked him to take me and the other new hires around and just show us the gym floor and 
where everything goes. And so um, he was not happy to do that because he had just gotten a break and was going to work out when she asked him <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so he was kind of grumpy. And I remember thinking like, this guy has an attitude problem. <laughs> um, and then they assigned us our lockers a few hours later in the employee lounge. And my locker was right next to his. And I was like, no, why did they put me right next to that grumpy guy? And over the next few weeks, I learned that he was actually really silly. And um, he would always, when I was going in my locker, he'd be like, did you pay your rent for your locker? Like, you owe me money. Like, you know, silly, flirty <laughs> jokes. Um, and so we just became friends. I was training for a bodybuilding competition at that time. And he would work out with me because um, training for a bodybuilding competition is so exhausting and draining and you're working out two or three times a day sometimes and so I would just be totally like spent and he'd be like all right what do you have today like I'll go do it with you you know and so he would work out with me um and we just became really good friends and then we had a um work like a company-wide picnic over the summer and um after that everyone from our location was going to go out together and it just kind of like fell through like everyone went home so I went home and he texted me later and was like are we still going out and I was like oh sure and I was like he must know something I don't know and I showed up and it was just me and him <laughs> and I was in my head thinking is this a date and I had no idea I was like I didn't think he liked me you know I was just like I don't know if we're on a date and um I like we weren't Christians at that time and uh, we were drinking quite a bit um, and so after like the second or third drink that he bought me I was like oh, okay we're on a date <laughs> and uh, we've been together ever since our relationship has obviously changed drastically as you know we started going to church separately first and then I invited him to our church and he has been there ever since and um we both got saved, got baptized, um, got married, obviously, and now we have a baby. And um, yeah, second to finding Jesus, Xavier is the best thing to happen to me. <laughs> He's very like calm. Um, he just brings me a lot of peace and security. And um, he loves Jesus like way more than he loves me. And that keeps us grounded, so. He's a great dad. Um, and it's nice to have somebody who understands my line of work, too, because I can talk to him about work and he can give me feedback and stuff. So, yeah, we just have a lot of fun. Like, this quarantine has obviously been hard for a lot of people, but for us, it's been really nice to just have so much time together and um, for him to get to spend time with Phoebe because he didn't really get to take much time off when she was born. And so the two of them have been BFFs inseparable and it's great I think you know for a daughter to get to be so close with her dad is really special so it's fun what <laughs> is super special and yeah. it just sounds like I think we all needed this break right? yeah 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 I mean I think like we do have a lot of friends who have been impacted and um who have lost loved ones and so there have been days that have just been really hard and um you know I just like will just randomly start crying thinking about 
what our friends are going through. Um, and I'm so thankful that we're all healthy. Um, but at the same time, for us, it's been very nice to just be able to relax as a family and have all of this time. And I don't want to miss that. Like, I don't want to be so focused on this being over that I miss the joy and the the gift that God's given us to just spend, you know, these past, I don't even know how many weeks <laughs> um, together. You know, I think it's going to be something that we'll look back on and we'll miss. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. How can we stay in touch with you? Like, how can we find you online? Um, I am most active on Instagram. Um, My Instagram handle is Elizabeth underscore Ifill, I-F-I-L-L. And my website, I know this is confusing. Um, (laughs) My website is Elizabeth Denton Health. That's my maiden name. I just have not changed my um, domain yet. So it's Elizabeth Denton, D-E-N-T-O-N, health.com. And I have information about my coaching on there, um, the Glow Remedy School. And then I also have a blog that I try to keep writing on pretty regularly. And I write about things from health and wellness all the way to my personal stories and um, everything in between. (laughs) Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Hopefully you learned some healthy tips to help you flourish in this season. I pray that your mind will be renewed that you remember that you are worthy no matter your shape or size. And as 3 John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Until next time, let's care deeply together.